I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the fourth pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets select Speech. It's Garrett Wilson. Jets fans, welcome back to another episode of Turn on the Jets Presents Draft Season. I am your host, Michael Negan, joined as always by my two guys, Joe Bellick and Dylan Price. Our guy, James Coons, found out we were ranking uh, running backs this week, and he was so appalled that we recognized them as football players, he decided to take the week off from the podcast. So Dylan, I know we got some big rankings tonight. Maybe you'll get contentious again. How are you feeling? I'm doing good, Meigs. You know, happy to be here, feeling bright and cheery. You know, we're getting into the nitty gritty now. It's draft month. It's April. You know, things are getting really exciting. So, you know, I'm feeling good today. The vibes are high after last week. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be a good time. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Joe, I mean, we've seen trades that the Jets could trade the number four overall pick for DK Metcalf. They could trade out of four to get the two Saints first rounders. Feels like the draft really needs to get here because I feel like we're just getting wackier and wackier by the day. So where's where's your mind at? Well, I'm feeling good about today. I just want to mention to the listeners that, you know, Dylan and I have spent the last week in couples therapy as recommended by Dr. Joe Horning. And things are fine. We're doing great. And it's going to be more of a kumbaya podcast potentially. But now listen, we're having fun. It's obviously going to get spicy. But I like the trades that happen, especially with the Saints. Maybe they're going to move up for a quarterback. I don't know. Maybe it makes picks four and 10 a little bit more enticing. Maybe we get a trade back. Maybe get, you know, three first round draft picks. That would be pretty cool. Um, but I do agree that I can't wait until the draft gets here because it is getting a little crazy, especially on Jets Twitter. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like I, the thing I'm just praying for is just, two quarterbacks in the top nine, because I really think that makes who you can get a 10th overall, whether it's your pick of the receiver, whether if they want to go, he would four gives you a better chance that a guy like Jermaine Johnson will drop, or even like a guy like Charles Cross, if he drops the 10, what kind of question does that pose to Joe Douglas if they go edge rusher at four? So really there's a lot of scenarios in with their first four picks where I think a lot of Jets fans will be happy. And I'm trying not to, you know, look at, the downside of this and the, and just think like, Oh, they're going to screw it up again because that's the jets. But you know, you know, Joe Doug and Joe Douglas, we trust, but we all know it. We all say on this podcast every week that the jets haven't had an edge rusher in since John Abraham. This is a very good edge class. In my opinion, I think it's malpractice not to spend at least one of four and 10 on an edge rusher. I think that's something we all agree with. So we're going to get into our, I think our top five edge rushers, I think won't going to cause too much big spice, but, I do think there's some guys we want to talk about that just missed our top five that are worthy players to talk about. So, Dylan, I'm going to start with you. Who are your top five edge rushers in the 2022 NFL draft class? All right, Michael Megan, my top five edge rushers in this year's NFL draft. Uh, I'll go five to one here. I'll start with the Greek freak from Purdue. George Karlaftis. Uh, he's a technician. We've talked about him time and time again on the pod. Power rusher, uh, freshman All-American, really consistent producer his first couple of years, kind of took a step back and really worked more as a facilitator the last year and opened a lot of things up for the rest of the team. Did really well, allowed them to pull off a big, a couple big upsets and make some noise in the Big Ten. So overall, I think Karlaftis would be a good leader, relentless motor kind of player for any team he lands on. And he's number five. 
five for me. And I think he's one of the safest edge rushers in this class. And then going from safe to a risky player who has the tools to be a freak. And that is Trayvon Walker from Georgia. He's my number four edge rusher, uh, former five-star recruit, absurd athleticism. This guy could play inside. He could play outside. He's versatile as all hell. Um, the athleticism is there. I mean, he's got the decent pass rushing skills. He's got to get better compared to the top three guys in terms of the moves he utilizes. He's a good run defender, but the story with him is simply going to be, if he puts it all together, he could be one of the top two, top three guys in this class. But if he doesn't, he's just going to be another one of these athletic freak anomalies who doesn't pan out. So it, it really is risk or reward with Walker where the ceiling's tight. He could be okay, but if you end up picking him at a two, three, possibly one, like some analysts have floated around, you're taking a big swing on this guy. And then I think our top threes are all going to be somewhat similar. At number three, it's Jermaine Johnson from FSU, Juco, FSU, Georgia, all three of his stops in his years. I mean, we've talked about it. Connor came on the pod and talked about it, but he has maybe the second best pass rushing moves in this class. If you're going to give Hutch the top nod there, um, versatile, uh, I would not give Hutch the top nod. You there. would not give Hutch. All right. I would know. I think this guy I'm going to talk about that is going to surprise people when I say I think that's the best pass rush set in the class. All right. Well, he's really refined, high motor, lengthy, uses his length really well. Overall, Jermaine Johnson might be the most refined edge rusher in this class overall. So, I mean, the age has been something for some, but really, I think if you're getting a guy like Jermaine, who's going to be productive right away, I don't think anybody's really going to care about his age, especially Jets fans who, someone like myself, who really hasn't seen a true edge rusher in as long as he could remember. So, and then going to two, it's Kayvon Thibodeau, a guy I've stood on my soapbox to defend to an extent, all American, explosive, smart. Character has come into question a lot more since we initially did that Kayvon Thibodeau episode where I stood on a soapbox for his character. I'll back off it a little bit because a lot has been raised recently, and that's what it is. Not really going to comment on that, but versatile as well. And I will stick with my Jadavion Clowney take, even though it kills Joe Bellick, that I think that he's that kind of athletic player where he's got the pass rush moves, he's got the intellect, but will he put it all together in the pros? It's going to be one to see. And then top for me is Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. I watched him bully my Penn State Nittany Lions, and that was enough to shed enough tears to put him number one on any list. Most refined player. I mean, the best the, the best thing that ever happened to him was Don Brown using him as a run defender because it refined him as the best run defender of these edge rushers. His pass rush moves are so good. And he's really a nearly perfect pass rusher with the highest ceiling of any guy in this top five. So that's my list. I'm feeling really confident with my top five. And I know we'll talk about our uh, guys who just missed that in a little bit. Joe, you seem to be percolating from ear to ear. So I'll let you go next. Well, listen, I'll go with my top spies, but I, I love everything that Dylan said, especially about Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's spot on. He's definitely going to be my number one guy. I know he's not going to be yours, Mike, but, you know, we'll get to that. But Trayvon Walker is my five. He gets to nod at that spot. Dude is a ridiculous athlete with very good length, and he uses it really well, especially in the run game. But he has a lot to work on when it comes to rushing the quarterback. I think we all can agree on that, right? But let's not talk too much more about him. I feel like we've kind of talked about him at nauseum as far as going to the Jets. And um, as far as them picking him, I personally, I would rather them not. I think he's a boomer bust type of prospect that I really just do not feel very comfortable with selecting considering the state of the New York Jets. Number four for me is going to be George Karloftis, man, for Purdue. I think George has kind of been one of these forgotten guys in the draft with the emergence of prospects like Trevon Walker. And I think there might be a bit of a false narrative out there on Karloftis. He's been labeled as kind of this one-dimensional power rusher, but I think there is so much more to his game than that. There is nuance in his pass rush, especially with his hand fighting. I was really impressed with some of the combinations he put together when I slowed down the film. He's way more technically sound than he's been getting credit for. I know he has a mixed martial arts background, and I think that's coming through, especially with his hands when I watch him. So... I got to stick with the Greek freak there, George Karloftis. I, I, I love him, man. I feel like if the Jets somehow got him in a trade down, I would not complain about it. I, I feel like on Jets Twitter, people have been back and forth on him and kind of put him to the side like he doesn't even exist anymore. He's a very good player. I think that if for some reason, like I said, he does end up on the Jets, people should be pretty happy with that. So this is where it gets a little spicy, but Kayvon Thibodeau is my edge three, right? When it comes to edge guys, there are five things that I always look for. Power, length, explosiveness, bend, and technique. Kayvon checks off three of those boxes, but there are question marks with the other two. He doesn't have the best bend and his technique is a work in progress. Plus he has that 
Zach Harrison syndrome, where he pretty much gives up if a tackle gets good hands on him around the corner. I know people don't like to hear about that, Michael, but I'm just bringing my truth. This is how I see it. And this is something I said over a month ago. And there are a couple of analysts out there right now in this last week who confirmed this very real and objective observation. I'm not trying to crap on Kayvon just for the sake of doing it. Regardless of that, Kayvon, listen, he has a ridiculous amount of potential, and I think he can become the best pass rusher in this class. I do believe that. I just think he has more work to do than the other guys in my top two. And I just believe that they're better players right now, in my opinion. But again, I do acknowledge that Kayvon might have the biggest upside in the draft compared to the other edge. Well, well, maybe after Trevon, if we're keeping it real. Um, number two, yeah, listen, I, I don't think this is going to be a huge surprise for people, right? I've been talking a lot about Jermaine Johnson, and I've, I've moved him up in my rankings. I think Jermaine is just a more technically advanced prospect compared to Kayvon Thibodeau right now. The way he sinks his hands and feet in particular is something Kayvon doesn't have a good grasp of at the moment. He can do it, but he's just not as consistent with it as Jermaine. He also has a relentless motor, and his run defending is on point. I know I've said this before, but Jermaine Johnson, I think, Dylan, you said it as well, is the complete prospect. I'm just very high on him. But let me make this clear again. I do like Kayvon Thibodeau, and I would be very happy if the Jets selected him at four. For whatever reason, I feel like I always have to say that every time I talk about him. But going to number one, this is my guy, man. I don't think I need to say too much about him. It's Aiden Hutchinson. I've been talking about him since June. He's the best player in this draft. And although he's not the most bendy guy, he's a technically advanced and powerful prospect whose engine never quits. He's what I call the NFL's version of a three-point shooter. He can beat you inside, outside, or going through you. I compared him to Max Crosby a couple of months ago, and I can see him having a very similar impact on the next level, but sooner than Max. Hutch is a much more pro-ready prospect coming out of college. So listen, man, if you like dips, rips, double swipes, inside counters, which are filthy, bull rushes with two arms or a long arm, a little Euro step to the inside, then your guy should be Aiden Hutchinson in the number one spot. Edge one, Michael Megan. I honestly like Joe, the funniest thing about all this was that uh, what you said about Aiden Hutchinson wasn't the craziest thing. I thought Dylan saying he has the highest upside in the entire edge class absolutely blew my mind because that's something I staunchly disagree with. I think you draft Aiden Hutchinson because of, you know what you're getting and he's going to be a good player. Just that elite ceiling is not something I think he possesses, but uh, I'll get to my edge rankings, which look very similar. to Everyone else's five. I have Trevon Walker. I just, you know, like the combine was enthralling, I think, for everyone. I think it made you definitely want to go back and just see, want to look at the tape, just look at this, like, is Georgia playing him in a certain way? And are they playing them because he can't be like a traditional defensive end that we see? Or is this the best way to get the most out of him, which they did with a lot of their players? Because we saw Jermaine Johnson in this defense be productive, but we need to see him go to Florida State be on his own, get to be the guy who can pin his ears back and go. And you saw how much more layers there are to his game. And I think that's foolish to project that Trevon Walker can do that. But I do think it should be taken into consideration that that isn't at the realm of possibility. It's just, I don't want to make that bet at four overall in the draft because you don't take good run defenders four overall in the draft. Because trust me, Jets to Quinn Williams, and that's what he is, a good run defender at three overall in the draft. Number four, I have George Karloftis. Honestly, I really like Karloftis. I think he's a very Trey Hendrickson-like player. I do think Joe's point about being very technical is very on point. I do think the power is his calling card, but he does put his hands together, sequence them together very well. I do think he's a guy who there's been questions about his bend. He didn't run the three-cone drill uh, at the combine, which is the drill I really want to see him run because just to you know quell the doubters, just to see what it is because – you don't need to be Aiden Hutchinson doing the six, seven, three to be like, to think like you passed the test because you know, George Clapton is a bigger guy. I wasn't expecting him to have a great three cone time. Just, you know, when they don't run it, but do every other drill, it just raises a bit of a question mark for me. Three Jermaine Johnson, just very good football player, high IQ. I think Jets fans, if you want to really start yourself on Jermaine Johnson, go watch him against Icky Aquanu because he gave Icky some trouble. And Icky Aquanu is a lot of people's offensive tackle one. That spin move he did on Icky is still one of the craziest plays I think I've seen during this draft cycle. Uh, number two is Aiden Hutchinson. He's very good. I don't want people to think that I don't like Aiden Hutchinson. Um, he's a very good football player. If the Jets somehow end up with him, everyone should be ecstatic. He's going to be – he's a top 10 pick in every draft. 
this draft, which is a little weaker on blue chip talent. He's going to go one or two because there's not a quarterback worth going one or two and take, take him in the top five. I think that's great value. And that's really about it. KT, like everyone wants to talk about Kayvon Thibodeau lacks bend. I find that absolutely hysterical in this draft class where like KT doesn't bend very well. It's like, it's like, it's like everyone else in the draft class is Brian Burns or Von Miller. I think all five of these guys in this draft class lack bend. I don't think this is a very bendy pass rush class at the top of it. I just find it weird that you're calling it out on Kayvon Thibodeau. If you, if you don't think his technique is great, say that. If you wish you play harder, say that. But to say, oh, he lacks ankle flexibility, I'm, I think you could make a point that all five of these guys lack a little ankle flexibility. So that's a point I don't really understand why people have been coming at him for in that regard. There's plenty of other things. Kayvon Thibodeau is not a Chase Young. He's not a Joey Bosa. He's not that level of edge. I think he's much closer to Bradley Chubb, who I don't think has quite fulfilled that ceiling as a prospect, but I still think was a very decorated player coming out of college. And I really like Kayvon Thibodeau. I think that you saw the first two years and then this third year, how he started. I think the ankle injury bothered him a little bit, but I want him on the Jets because I want to see Kayvon Thibodeau go somewhere that's going to use him correctly. And I know Robert Sell is going to do that because I think Robert Sell is one of the best defensive line producers that you're going to see in the NFL. And that's a scenario you really want to see him thrive in. So that's why I would love him here with the fourth overall pick. I think Meigs, when it comes to Thibodeau, it's really the combination of the bend with the technique that gets it for me. And I think for others as well but I completely agree with you that it's not a very bendy class. And if you're going to isolate that one thing, it's not really a good reason not to draft him for sure. I think your best point was about Trevon Walker and just seeing Jermaine Johnson go to another team where he gets to play in that five technique and kind of pin his ear back and go after the quarterback. We've seen what he became. I think that after hearing that, I, I feel like there are going to be people out there who might start to like him a little bit more. And I'm a little upset with you, Mike. We can't, we can't put that narrative out there. All right. I won't <laughs> see Joe, Joe, see, this is the thing is, Brad Holmes of the Detroit Lions and Nick Casario obviously listen to this podcast and hearing that they're like, take him at two, take him at three, obviously. Well, I hope, I hope that's the case because that's where I want him to go. <laughs> yeah, no, just take, take the ball before it gets out of the chamber. But I think there are some guys that just missed our top fives that we all really want to talk about. And Dylan, I know there's a couple guys that were really trying to push for that sixth and seventh edge spot for you. Who's some guys you want to highlight that you just enjoyed watching their film and think they'll be good edge rushers. Maybe not year one, but I'll just be good players down the road. So I'll quickly just hit on three Big Ten guys, and that's going to be David Ojabo from Scotland, freak athlete. And I know a lot is going to get made about this injury. And will he retain that explosiveness? Will he be able to still be that explosive player that he was last year with Michigan when he burst onto the scene? So I, I hope he can do that because this is a guy that if he could put it all together is so fresh in football years that the production he's already shown and the growth he's already shown is indicative of something that I do believe could be really true talent as he grows as a prospect. But as we were talking about before we came on, if he doesn't land in the right spot, then he could not reach any semblance of that potential whatsoever. So I didn't feel comfortable putting in, in my top six, nonetheless, actually in my top seven or eight, but I do feel really sad about that because if this injury didn't happen, he'd be pushing for that top five. So, and then it came down to Arnold Ebiketti from my own Penn State Nittany Lions, a guy who really was a ferocious and productive pass rusher for the team this year, caused a lot of quarterback hits and disruption and really grew from what he was at Temple. But I think that the lack of consistency that you see with Jermaine Johnson, those consistent pass rush moves that he developed even more as he went to Florida State. But with Ebiketti, you don't necessarily see that huge next step in pass rush moves but i still think that he showed a lot of growth and maybe if that growth could continue at the next level maybe there's something there for a team to harness just like there was with oa and then lastly would be Mafe, a guy i know you guys have been high on for a while i had to include him in here just because i really watched a lot more of his tape in the past couple of days in prepping for this and he really did push for that six spot and kind of firmly grab it. So I was impressed. I know you guys were way ahead on him. So kudos to you guys. And I think honestly, there's a very strong route where he ends up being a top 20 pick because some team could fall in love with him because I know that there's already analysts out who are there who have mocked him as high as 17, 15. And even like I saw one today with him at 13. So I will see how it all pans out. But those are three guys who really did catch my eye consistently. Yeah, no, I just want to highlight your Mafe point. I think the, the thing that bothered me the most about Mafe's tape was that I just hated how Minnesota used him. 
the usage really bothered me because I really think they kind of handcuffed him and he could have been used in a much freer role. And I think if he's allowed to do that at the next level, he's a, definitely a guy who with his traits and with his measurements that I want to take a chance on in like the twenties and just think what this guy can be three years from now. He could be one of the five best edge rushers from this class. And I don't think anyone should be surprised, but there was, I have to let the listeners know that there was a tug of war during our pre-show meeting about this edge rusher that Joe's going to talk about because we both love him so, so much. So Joe, I'm going to be mad at you if you don't do him justice. So, you know, got some pressure here. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to try the guys, Nick Benito pass rusher from Oklahoma. I absolutely love him. I know you do as well. He's got some amazing pass rush moves. He actually has some good bends, something that a lot of the other guys don't have. He could beat you inside. He could beat you outside. My only question with him is like, where is he and how is he going to be used in the NFL, right? When it comes to the Jets, I see him as kind of like this pass rushing specialist, somebody who comes in on clear passing downs. You kind of use him as a quarterback assassin. I also like him as kind of if Sal reverted a little bit more back to say like a 4-3 under where he has five guys in the line of scrimmage. You put him over a tight end and you just put him to work. And this guy would absolutely wreck. And I feel like in that kind of role, he would be excellent in the NFL. I also kind of think he potentially could be a three, four outside linebacker. I think he could be an off ball linebacker as well. There's so many things that Nick Benito can be, but the one thing that he is right now is an excellent pass rusher. One of the best pass rushers in all of college football. And I've been really high on him. I'm glad that you started to watch a little bit more film on him. I feel like now he's kind of like rising up your board. I think he's rising up a lot of other people's boards as well. The one thing I loved is that he added about 10 to 20 pounds came to the combine and it didn't look like he lost any of his athleticism. And I thought that was really, really awesome. And the fact that, you know, he could do that and still be the player he was is pretty impressive. Now, if he could add some strength to that and not lose his athleticism, I think now you have the complete player because I think that's really his only flaw is that he doesn't really get the push at the point of attack. Like I want him to, sometimes he does get bullied around. Like he is a good run defender, but he just can't match strength with strength sometimes. So he just needs to add that play strength. And this guy could be even a, a potential starting 4-3 defensive end in, in the traditional sense. But he has a, some work to do to get to that point. But in the interim, so many ways you could use him to just absolutely destroy quarterbacks and just be a, a huge asset on your team. Love Nick Benito. Yeah, I mean, you really highlight everything. I think his biggest critique that we just don't know is like, can Nick Benito set an edge right now in the NFL? The answer is no. But we think hopefully, because he we said he put on, he went in, he came, he clearly played to me at like 230 pounds. Like, I think that's probably max at Oklahoma. He came to the combine at 248. I would love if he was me playing in that 250 range because I think he has the best pass rush plan at the moment of anyone in this draft, just what he could do. I really think he, even as just a pass rush specialist, you can move that guy all around the line and use him as a chess piece, let him do stunts and go even go inside because he could really give guards a lot to handle as well. Joe, I'm going to throw a name out here for you that I don't know if he's ever going to get to the ceiling of this player, but if you, if you look at this player's development about how he went from part-time player to full-time player, what do you think of in Nick Benito little shades of Shaq Barrett? Wow, Meeks, those are some huge shoes to fill. If he became Shaq Barrett, that would be ridiculous. Can, do I see him in that mold? I don't know, man. That's that's setting the bar pretty high. But I like it because I like Benito. And yeah, Barrett's a decent I mean, Barrett on, on Denver was just the part-time player. Then when he got to Tampa and he got the Bulls, he really, really picked it up. Oh, that's a good point, Meeks. I like it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dylan, I know, I know, I know, I know you don't want to interrupt our being a love fest, but you have any thoughts on our guy? You know, I think you guys have been high on him, especially James as well for a while. And as part of this exercise, I started to dive into him and I'm liking what I'm seeing. Um, I've definitely grown to like him a lot more. I think initially I spent a lot more time on the top tier guys and I've slowly moved down the list now but I mean this is a guy who could be some sneaky value for a team Shaq Barrett is a very lofty comparison but so shades uh, of. I don't know shade and shades of maybe but you know I like what I see so I will see what happens down the road for him if he lands in the right spot I think there's one player that I'd like to bring to the table just for a second it's Sam Williams from Old Miss this guy's had a lot of success for some of the better offensive linemen in the league. Now he has pretty much no pass rush moves, but he's an amazing athlete and the dude just gets after it. I know he has a bit of a checkered past and I wonder how the jets would actually, if they'd even consider him, I actually believe that they've been talking to him, but when I mean, you look at the honestly, fact that when you have a trade in place for Tyree Kelly, your character 
scouting kind of goes out the window. I think Meeks, we can you, all just we can all just call a spade a spade in that regard. Meeks, you just took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. When you go after Tyreek Hill, this whole character thing seems to like not really matter so much, at least not anymore, because I think the Jets just want to be good. Yeah, no, I think you could. I love Sam Williams too, but he's the only guy who got Charles Cross out of bed this entire season if you watch his tape. So I do think as a day two edge, if, if that checkered history does pan out, that that could be a very nice value pick for anyone who takes him. But we've had way too much agreement, way too much kumbaya to start this podcast. Now these running back rankings, I'm just very excited just to see just how, how this goes and which way we go. But Joe, you're the guy who always bangs table for running backs you love running the ball and i want you, i want you to start off and just you know you know lay down the gauntlet for everyone all right we're doing top five running backs i'll start at five and i feel like i'm probably going to be the only one who has this guy here but it's jerome ford from cincinnati i have i see a lot of potential in jerome ford he's an underrated receiver an underrated pass protector he's elusive he's tough and he's a savvy runner this guy knows how to press the line set up blocks and create an opportunity to exploit. I think he has the potential of a three down back in the NFL. I also think he's a good day three target for the Jets. He's perfect for a wide zone scheme. And listen, I'm a big believer in Jerome Ford. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about it, but if this guy gets just a little bit stronger, watch out for him. Big time upside with this prospect. All right, Zamir White is my running back four from Georgia. I feel like you're going to like this one, Meeks. I've actually liked him for quite some time. James and I talked about him a couple of times in the chat last year, but Zamir's kind of become like the forgotten running back, almost like, well, not quite like George Kalafas because we knew who he was, but not that many people are familiar with Zamir White, right? And I think he really deserves to be a part of the conversation. He has the anticipations and patience you're looking for from a starting running back. He's powerful and plays way bigger than his size in particular, I love the way he fights up through contact and always gets those extra yards. This guy just knows how to finish and he knows how to run. He's an impressive prospect to say the least. I think he's at his best between the tackles and a better fit for more of a gap heavy team, but Samir has the ability to play in any scheme. And although he's not the best receiving back, I, I really like his lead potential. And his nickname is actually Zeus. Need I say more? All right, moving on to three. Big, big fan of Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. He's one of the most elusive running backs in the entire draft. And that's saying something considering his size and frame. I was very impressed with his change of direction and how seamlessly he makes defenders miss jump cuts, sidesteps, spins, you name it. He has it all in his toolbox. His stop start ability in particular is borderline absurd. Spiller has a chance to be an excellent running back, easy RB3 for me. And he's a very good fit for the New York Jets. He's a very, very skilled zone runner. I want to make that clear. A lot of draft guides have labeled him as more of a gap runner, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. His bread and butter is running zone. And a team like the Jets would be perfect for him. He doesn't have the long speed of Melvin Gordon, but he does give me some Melvin Gordon vibes. And this kid is only 20 years old. I mean, his upside is through the roof. All right, moving on to number two. It's your favorite, Meeks. Kenny Walker from Michigan State. I'm really high on this guy. He sees the field better than anybody in the entire draft class. His vision is borderline elite. The way he sets up blocks and manipulates defenders on multiple levels is masterful. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a high IQ running back who just knows what he's doing. All right, Michael, I see you looking at me sideways, but it's just the truth. I don't think he's this jack of all trades, master of none, the way some, even on this spot, have described him. I think there is true mastery to his game. Last season, I said Javante Williams was like a skilled pool player because he always knows how to set up his next shot. And well, there is a lot of that in Kenny Walker's game too. This is a very good player who can be an absolute star on the next level. In fact, I believe there is Pro Bowl-type potential with Walker. Kenny, eight-ball Walker, is definitely one of my guys. Good receiver, too, despite not being utilized in the game like he should have been. All right, going up to number one, Brees Hall from Iowa State is my clear-cut RB1. He has the most juice in the entire draft class, hands down. You could literally squeeze it out of his cleats when the game is over. All right, that's how much juice this guy has. His change of direction and footwork is so dirty, too. In particular, the timing with his cuts and his ability to avoid contact is no joke. And I've said it before. It's like watching poetry in motion. I mean, this dude is snatching souls out there and making defenders look silly. He's one of the most exciting running backs I've ever evaluated. I'm serious, Mike. It's true. Absolutely. Not, I, I have a lot to say. Criticizing Brees Hall is not on my notes. Don't right, you worry. Cool. But listen, I absolutely love this guy. He has feature back capabilities written all over him. I don't think he's going in round one, but... I couldn't argue with any team that pulled the trigger on him in that range. Also, uh, and I'm going to go bold here, and uh, I fully expect the tongue lashing. Maybe this is where it gets spicy. Brees Hall, potential top five back in the entire NFL. That's how much I like him. And the, for the folks who play dynasty football out there, he should probably be the first overall pick this year. Yeah, as someone who has the first overall pick in his dynasty league, Brees Hall uh, is basically he's at the top of the leaderboard. I just want to see where he lands. So I don't have to worry about him getting handcuffed in year one, but Joe, I love the top of your rankings. We're going to see if you like these, but we'll see how it goes. But five for me is Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker is a good running back. I don't really, I think Joe's point that he really highlights highlight. I think he is the smartest back in this class. I really think his vision is top notch. I think he runs with real power. I do think as a, as a lateral mover, he is, good enough for what you're looking for. I think he does a great job breaking tackles. That's why the Damien Harris comp came to me because when you really watch him, I think he'd be like New England's like the perfect situation for a running back like Kenny Walker, I think, just because he runs tough. He's perfect for that kind of scheme, I personally think. And yeah, you, I thought you did a great job highlighting what Kenny Walker is. I just, I lo- I'm a little more glass half empty when it comes to Kenny Walker as a receiver because I do think in when he gets those checkdowns that he can make plays but I do wonder is was there a reason why? Because Michigan State's entire offense was Kenny Walker. Their quarterback wasn't good. Their receivers weren't that good. And just basically you should be trying to get the ball in Kenny Walker's hands as much as you can because, you know, he's your bell cow. He's your meal ticket. And the fact that they chose not to do that in the receiving game is a little troubling for me. Uh, number four, I have Isaiah Spiller, good running back. Do thoroughly enjoy him. I know Joe, yeah, Joe's face is going to be absolutely when he hears my top three, but I do think he's basically, he's a good fit for this team. I really do like that. I just think the bursts and the long speed are what prevent me from loving Isaiah Spiller. I also think his vision can get a little better. I do think the inconsistencies there do bother me a touch where I think there are certain plays, there were certain plays where Isaiah Spiller does everything that I want. And then there's certain plays where I'm just like, you're the best player on this offense, like start playing like it. And I think Texas A&M, his offense is just a nightmare to watch. I hate Jimbo Fisher with a passion because that man coaches offense like it's 1992, and it just makes me so mad. Number three, uh, I have James Cook, brother of Dalvin Cook. Absolutely love this player from Georgia. I think he has he's the best receiving back in the entire class. You can split him out wide. He absolutely cooks at defensive backs out there. Go watch the game against Michigan. He really gets after it. I really think that he's also even underutilized as a runner. I think for his size, he runs a lot bigger than he is. I do think he can be the complete back. I do think he's a guy who's going to provide a lot of value at the NFL if you put him in the feature back role. I really, really do like James Cook. Uh, number two, I have Zamir White. I just feel like people forget how good this guy is. He has he ticks every box for me. 
he's got the speed. He's got the vision. He runs right through contact. I like when I watched Samir White there, once he sees the hole, he, there's no hesitation. He just goes. And we see some of the running backs do a little too much dancing to find that perfect lane. Samir White just doesn't care. He just runs with that kind of vigor and aggression. And I just love that about him. And number one is Breesaw. Breesaw is awesome. Like, he ticks every box you could have that running back that always goes 33 to 40. That just turns out being a stud like Nick Chubb was Devin cook was a little farther behind Jonathan Taylor was Brees Hall is going to be right. That if you told me Brees Hall is a top five running back during year two of his professional career, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Cause that's why I think Javante Williams is going to be this year. And on this podcast next year, I'll be saying that about Brees Hall. Me he's comparing my guy hall to my other guy or, or our other guy, Nick Chubb. I love yeah. it, bro. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, as far as your other rankings go, James Cook, I feel a little rich for my blood. You know, I love me some Cook, but he doesn't really have the contact balance that I'm looking for. And his size gives me some reservations. Other than that, I think there is a lot to like. I mean, he is extremely elusive. He's a decent blocker. I think you said that he's a smart back. He has good vision. He knows where to run with the ball. I think he has a very high ceiling, but I think he needs to add some weight, maybe 15 to 20 pounds. And, and if he does that, because like I said, he does have the good vision, I could see him potentially having like an Alvin Kamara type of impact on the next level. Maybe that's been a little crazy. I don't know, but I did see him in that light, but putting him ahead of guys like Kenny Walker. I, don't, I just, I, he just gives me the Eckler vibes. I'm sorry. I could see Listen, I, I'm not going to. And Austin Eckler isn't the biggest back. I'm not going to say anything, but it's crazy. No, I, I, I like it. Because having a Zamir White that high, I think is he's a badass. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm so happy that you have him in your top five too. I thought maybe I was going to be the only one. So yeah, no. Zamir White's Island, you, you you're not dying on that alone. Don't you worry. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, Dylan. Um, I'm I, honestly Dylan has left us all in the dark with his running back takes, so I have no idea what to expect. So I'm just thoroughly excited to see what Dylan has for us. Well, boys, I think you guys kind of hit the evaluation of these backs out of the park, and I think you're going to be a little surprised with my picks in a good way. So number five for me is the younger brother of Minnesota Viking back, Dalvin Cook. It's James Cook. I think that as a change of pace back is where he's going to slide in initially at the next level, but means you hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is a mismatch nightmare for linebackers. He's a fantastic route runner out of the backfield, although either, and I'll get on the other guy in a sec, the production isn't otherworldly compared to two backs we talked about in last year's class I wasn't with you guys to talk about him but they were the dynamic duo from UNC uh the production's not there but you see some of that pass catcher out of the backfield element that you kind of saw with Michael Carter when you see James Cook a little bit for me so I see that kind of change of pace element maybe for him initially but James Cook is a guy that as you mentioned Joe if he can add some weight and kind of get a little more a little more heft on him Maybe this is a guy who could be a lead back potentially or have a breakout year. So that's my first Georgia back. And my next Georgia back at number four is Amir White. I think you, the speed, the instincts, the physicality, this guy's a dog. I really like him. I like his potential to be a potential lead back for a team. And I compare this Georgia duo to that UNC duo from last year where maybe not as as productive, but if they both pan out, this could be a damn good duo. So I like these two Georgia backs. So they're four and five for me with Zamir grabbing the fourth spot. And then for me, a guy that I had circled here, Joe, and you said it, and it kind of ticked me off because I almost thought about dropping him to five in case our Jets, you know, scouting department is listening to this because if he somehow falls New York Jets, I mean, this is a dream fit for us. Isaiah Spiller. He is a beast in his own scheme. He's got the great vision. I think he cuts so quick. He's fluid. And I think that the only thing for me is just a matter of how would he fit? And I think with the Jets, he would fit fairly well. I think a Spiller Carter one-two punch would be a nightmare. And I think I know a lot of Jets fans have floated and we've talked about even on the pod, Melvin Gordon, maybe, but you go with a young guy at 20 years old who has all the potential in the world. Why not? So I like Isaiah Spiller as a back as a whole to really hit his potential and be a potential lead back. And then our one and two is the same Joe Bellick, but I'm going to throw you guys off a little bit here. And that's number two for me is Brees Hall. I do agree that I think his own scheme is the dream for him. I think he's incredibly patient. He was the most productive of these five backs. He's incredibly explosive. And of these five backs, he is immediately going to be the most highlight real play, the most you're going to hear about Brees Hall a lot, and you're going to see him all over NFL social media and whatever team drafts him for lighting up the field. And I think he takes advantage of the lane so well, and he's a guy who's really going to make a lot of names for a name for himself early and a lot of headlines. But for me, number one is Kenny Walker. I think that you mentioned the elite vision. And for me, his angry running, his the fact that he only has one year of feature work and what he did was so exceptional 
that I think this is a guy who can be a lead back and be a lead back early at the next level. And I think that if he gets the opportunity, he will be the most productive of the rookie running backs in year one. But I do agree that any of these five guys could have a higher ceiling than him. It's just going to be in this five. And then even there's two other guys who I like, but I didn't put them in here. It's so subjective based on the fit they end up with that it's really about that for me. But I think a guy like Kenny Walker could be so consistent regardless of where he ends up because of that elite vision that I really like him. And then the passing game, I have a little frown slash it's like a like mid face because I do agree that with you that there hasn't been enough of that production to really legitimize his potential as a receiving back, but there's been some flashes. So we'll see what happens with Kenny Walker, but I think in pure consistency, he's my top back. Dylan, I have no issue with you having Kenny Walker over Brees Hall. I think he's an absolute stud. I have those guys so close, and I completely agree with you. He was not utilized in the passing game, but I think that's to the fault of Michigan State. I don't think it has anything to do with, with Kenny Walker. When they actually do use him in the passing game, he's an absolute stud. And the thing about Kenny Walker is, like, just the way he, like, navigates the field to his advantage and moves defenders in one direction to exploit them in another direction is what separates good running backs from great ones. I mean, he has all the tools to be an absolute stun on the next level. I feel like when we first got into this draft season a couple of months ago, we weren't, or other people weren't very high on this running back draft class, but it's shaping out to be very good. I feel like when it's all said and done, there are going to be a couple of pro bowlers, maybe even an all pro coming from this class. I'm, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, no, like as I've been studying more guys for the Badlands draft guide, I've watched a lot of crappy running backs, but there are a lot of gems in this class. And that's like kind of the fool's errand that I've really noticed about day three running backs, because it's so easy to say, oh, it was finding a guy on day three. That's a great theory. And then you're going to watch 20 running backs who go on day three and you're like 19 of these guys suck. And that's really why you like, because we look at like, oh, this guy just did this well and he did this well he'd be perfect. I'm like, well, yeah, but then he wouldn't go on day three. And that's why you're going to have to look at the running backs these days and just that valuation of it. But I do think there's some guys we should talk about, but Joe, before we do this, I have a question for you. Rank these four prospects by just draft prospect. Don't let rookie season change anything. Najee, Javante, Brees, Kenny. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, Meigs, you Harris, like, you weren't an ETN guy, so I, I, I knew no, I, I, ETN was like my running back four. Harris and Javante were like one A, one B for me with Reese mm-hmm. Kenny Walker. These guys are all in the same class. It's very hard to distinguish which one I like more at this very moment. If I had to, considering what I saw from all the prospects this year, I would put Javante number one. Yeah. I would put Reese Hall number two. I would put I put Kenny Walker wow. number three. Dude, and that was what Najee Harris. Putting Najee Harris four is big because Joe is Joe loved Najee. I, lo- Harris. I love it. That's what I mean. I love Najee Harris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's my guy. So if yeah. I'm putting him running back four here, that tells you something about how I feel about those other two guys. Yeah, no. So guys, this is this is no joke. These are G- Joe Bellick's giving you the stamp of approval for these two running backs. So if the Jets find their way with any of them, uh, yeah. But I do think there's some guys I do want to highlight. And Dylan, I'll start with you because I know I'm very curious which running backs just missed your top five. I think it's going to be the guy that it probably brought both of us to tears leaving him out of here. And it's uh, Zach Wilson's fellow Mormon, Tyler Algier, the most, as some have proclaimed, I don't agree on this most talented part of that offense his year. I don't agree on that, but Tyler Algier is, a dog. I mean, like he's better than Dax Milne. He's better than Gunnar Romney, but he's not better than, you know, our franchise quarterback. So I do are think we, that, are, are we sure about that? I'm just saying Tyler Algier is a good football player. All right. Well, the human battery Ram and how he ends up fitting at the next level versus our franchise quarterbacks, a conversation for maybe a year or two down the road. But regardless, it really did kill me to leave him out because I love him. I think of him as like a little Ryan Matthews esque. And I remember saying that in the past. And I really think that could pan out and he might be a sneaky fantasy pick for me. And then I also really like Brian Robinson a lot. Um, I think that he is such a dog and I love these Bama backs every year. So it's going to be hard for me to see Robinson light it up somewhere next. I don't think he ends up panning out too well next year, but give him two years. And I think he could make him some names for himself, but Joe, I also think he did well with Jerome Ford. I think he really impressed me in the playoffs. So uh, see what he can do uh, at the next level, but maybe he pans out somewhere. Dude. I, I really love that you brought up Brian Robinson. I want to talk, touch on Algier as well. I feel like you guys might not like what I have to say, but Dude, Brian Robinson, man, I I was ridiculously impressed when I dove into his film. He's a powerful back, 
a tackle breaking machine, good receiver, pretty good in pass protection. He literally has everything you're looking for in a starter, except I do think he's probably just a little bit of a better fit in a, in a gap heavy team. And I think he needs some work before I fully trust him in zone, but the upside of this prospect is through the roof. I mean, I feel like my favorite play of his is when they went up against Florida and he absolutely stole Kair Elam's soul on that play to the end zone. You remember that means, but, uh, I'm so happy you brought him up because I feel like he is worthy of being in the top five. And he actually almost made mine. I I think he's awesome. Now getting to Tyler Algier, a guy who's, who we all loved, you know, from the very beginning, I've watched more and more of him. And I have to tell you that the more I watch him, the less I like him. I feel bad saying that. I feel like he's just like, you know, the footwork is inconsistent. The angles aren't always good. The burst is good, but it's not exactly where I want it to be. Yeah, I Joe, feel like this he is, is this you hit the nail on the head. Tyler Algier is one of the more frustrating running backs to watch because every you like everything he does, then you see his burst, and then it just deflates you so much you start picking holes in the rest of his game. Because what stops him from being an everyday three down back is that burst. It's just too average. I think Dylan agrees with that. I know you agree with that. That's the one thing that I'm missing with Algier. And I just feel like once, you know, that rabbit's out of the hat, you start to start nit- nitpicking the rest of his game. But I do think he's definitely worth a swing on day three, but no more than that. I have to admit this. I don't even know how much I would love him in a heavy zone offense anymore, even though that's what he's pretty much been running his entire yeah. career. I, I have to be honest. I feel like maybe he needs to be in a system where he's following lead blockers and there's a designated gap. And like, he kind of takes advantage of that, even though he does have good vision and it, it looks like, you know, he would be well-suited for a Jets offense because obviously, listen, he's running outside zone every day. But I do have some big-time question marks. He's fallen, like, really down, like, big-time on my list. I do have some good wide-zone runners that are good late-round targets if you guys want to hear, unless you want to touch on something else before we Yeah, no, 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 Joe, give us those because I have one guy I want to talk about because I'm not sure if either of you have really watched this guy, but I want to let the listeners know they need to watch this, man. So go for it. Yeah, just some good wide zone runners that the Jets might target. Tyler Goodson from Iowa. He grew up in this scheme, and this is a system that's just pretty much made for him. I mean, this is exactly who he is. He's one of the better route running running backs and one of the better receivers in the draft, too. Abram Smith from Baylor, who might be the perfect complement to Carter. For some reason, they don't get somebody like Isaiah Spiller, who I absolutely love. Pierre Strong from South Dakota State. This guy has speed for days. And this is really like the quintessential late-round 49ers type of running back. And one more guy, Rashad White from Arizona State, another good route runner who just absolutely thrives in an outside zone scheme. I feel like when we're looking at the Jets and day three, I think all of these guys really fit the bill. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I definitely agree. I do think that that's a place they're going to really be looking for. I don't know if the Jets offense is, or just the roster in general, is ready to take that day two swing at running back that I know you think is more of a necess- like more necessity than most people but uh, the Jets aren't going to draft this guy because he is a little too small he only weighs 197 pounds but after watching this draft class where just everyone's like burst is just a little underwhelming that's for a lot of most points and a lot of people you see so many one gear runners in this class Tyler Batty out of Missouri is just so refreshing to watch his second gear he just blows by dudes leaves guys in a cloud of dust his burst is great I think he's you can really use him nice as a receiver he's a guy you can really split out and become a total total weapon um i do think his vision's got to get a little better because he's he's a, he loves his speed he uses it too much he's got to find that cutback lane a little bit more consistently but when the plays you see him do it he does it really well he's a really fluid mover he's the type of guy with the traits on day three that you should 100 percent bet on yeah I, I like tyler batty i thought he was like a really good receiver with some juice uh, I'm into Amigs. I, I think he's, like you said, kind of a little bit more of a scat back, you know, some guy you get him some work in space and you just let him do his thing. I don't, I don't know how much I love him in zone. I, I agree with you. He doesn't really have a great feel for the cutback. I feel like his best runs were in gap. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives me reservations as far as him on the jets, but as far as him as an overall prospect, I think he's got a lot of promise. So, you know, I like to take for sure. Yeah. I, he just about, he was in the same tier as then you have the Algier Robinson. And then I had him and then Ford as guys I really liked a lot and it kind of hurt to not put him in, but I've, I've liked him a lot. He was a guy I almost brought up as one of our like under the radar guys, but you know, Kato, Kato and stole my heart. So I had to bring him up there, but you know, you guys are killing me with the Algier hate I mean, between him and on. I, I think I, I, will- still, have, I still have Algier RB six. I don't want to be considered an Algier hater. I just do think that the lack of burst does. No, it I does agree. Honestly, the thing, the biggest selling point for Algier at this point is just like, he's a rookie. You can play in pass protection and not feel like Zach's going to get killed. 
I will say though, a couple of these backs, I I mean, Spiller's a guy I think of, Robinson, a guy I think of all those scheme fit wouldn't work. And even there was some times I saw it with Brees Hall, like any of these guys who could work possibly in zone all showed that they could be decent blocking backs. And good Lord, we need one because Ty Johnson gets run through like a turnstile on a weekly basis. Carter isn't good either as much as I do. No, Carter has, and Carter has some moments, but I, I think we need a consistent blocker. So I hope that's something that Joe Douglas kind of prioritizes a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest appeal of Melvin Gordon is you don't have to worry about a running back with that issue because Melvin Gordon's going to pass protect just fine. That man's been in the league a while. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I have no idea why Melvin Gordon is still out on the market and the Jets haven't given him or offered him a contract. I know he was in LaGuardia the other day. We were all going crazy. Like, is this the time? Is this, is this what's going to happen? I mean, there's word that he's only going to get like two and a half to 5 million or something per year. I mean, dude, oh, dude I would get, I would give Melvin Gordon one year, one year, 3 million. If that's what it took in a freaking second. Yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer going into the draft. They don't know who's going to be available on day three. That really kind of like tickles their fancy. I know there are guys, like we said, I feel like it is fairly deep at running back. And I mentioned a couple of guys who I wouldn't mind, but bringing in the proven guy to really kind of help that running game get going would be awesome. I do understand that the offensive line get be- got better and that could be like a catalyst to a very good running game. I mean, you look at like Elijah Mitchell and like what he does behind a very good offensive line. I know people love Elijah Mitchell, but he really is very much a product of, of that good blocking, that great tight end, a good fullback. And just like I said, that good offensive line. So maybe they're looking for somebody like that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would rather than bring in somebody who, like I said, is just a proven player. I, I feel like this, that running back room kind of needs it. I would absolutely be ecstatic if the Jets running back room was Melvin Gordon, Michael Carter, and then you have a day three pick in the Ty Johnson role and you just run those guys because this scheme needs a bunch of running backs because guys get hurt. Running backs, one positions you see injuries the most at. You want to have some solid depth for running game that you want to help Zach Wilson grow with and help you think, you know, nurture him to have that best incubation as he grows as a quarterback. But guys, I feel like this was a great, great episode, another great episode. Not as much disagreements as last week, but I do think we we bonded over some players. I think we gave Jets fans a big insight into just how fun both these classes are, respectively. I think these are two of the deeper classes, deeper positions in this edge in this class. I think you guys would agree with that, right? Yeah, I would agree. 100%. Absolutely, Meeks. Even though I didn't hear the last like 10 seconds of what you were saying, I absolutely agree. Oh, yes, this is exactly. See, this, this is what happens. You know, Joe Joe gets his takes off and he doesn't care what we say. That's basically how this podcast goes. But um, we will see you guys next week. Make sure you subscribe to Turn on the Jets podcast. Make sure you subscribe to Badlands. That Badlands draft guide is dropping on April 18th. So please make sure you subscribe to check that out. Uh, myself, Connor Rogers, Dan Essen, and Greg Armstrong have been plugging away at that. I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy it. Get a really good breakdown of all the prospects in this draft, and we'll see you guys soon.